night, folks. I'm Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You can also look into my site at alanwattsentinel.eu where you can download transcripts written in European languages, different languages of Europe. I try to give an overall picture, a much bigger picture, of the world we're living in and how we got here and where we're going. Not because we all want to go in a certain direction, it's because we're being guided all through our lives along a predetermined course, predetermined by think tanks who are employed by very rich people. And those very rich people belong to the highest society on the planet. They've been here for a long, long time. And really from the beginning of the Industrial Revolution especially, they became more organized. The Industrial Revolution was the beginning of collection of data on statistics for work improvement and time in motion, they used to call it then. All of these statistics came in, population uh, increases, decreases, etc., were factored into projected economies of the future. They had big, big meetings to do with how many people they'd even need in Britain, for instance, to get through the next hundred years, since they were killing off so many people in the 1700s and 1800s with overwork. The average person worked 16 hours per day, male and female. There was no social security. If you were sick, then your wife or the child had to work for you in your place. The, the big carts that used to be hauled around by horses around the cities in times of plague were used all through those cities during the whole Industrial Revolution to take the dead away who died of malnourishment because of the incredibly low price, uh, wages they were paid. They took the dead away every morning and uh, put them in pits and buried them. That was the great industrial revolution of the great British Empire. So they had to cost into all of their factors projected deaths versus immigration uh, and population increase. We've gone on a steady course from then with the think tanks and economists working at very high levels, trying to project the next step and the next step and the next step. They'd already projected the end of the industrial era before the, the year 1900. They knew when they'd pull out and put their businesses overseas. People will, will wonder why and how they could have done this. Well, it's quite simple, really, because even in the 17th century and the 18th century, they were putting their cotton, cotton factories from England over into India to try it out there for cheaper labor. And there were tremendous strikes and riots back in Britain where they used the usual traditional method of quelling those strikes, and that was to turn the troops on the people. Nothing changes down through the ages. And Marx and Lenin both said the truth, since they're both trained and paid by the big bankers, they said that all wars are economic wars, yet most wars, you see, are not traditional wars as we think of them. We think of wars as men facing men with flags waving and all this nonsense. But most wars and revolutions are bloodless or fairly bloodless. We've had the sexual revolution in, our, in, the, in the 1960s, the, the 
various kinds of revolutions which change society almost upside down, but not by chance, always along a predetermined course. I'll be back in a few moments after these messages. Again, in the 60s and 70s, the 
the big think tanks put out projections on the future and, and how to get rid of the base people, as they call them, those that were lowly, those ones that were a few pennies short of the pound or a few cents short of the dollar. The idea came up that they would take sperm from mainly doctors, uh, being a higher intellect, etc., and they would then breed up the population to better standard, as though somehow having a little bit more ability to parrot what you're taught made you intelligent. They had meetings to even to discuss how to force women to accept uh, the sperm donation. They knew that was a tricky one. It sort of interfered with the usual games people play during the bonding process. So all of these things were discussed and paid by, for, for, by your tax money, really, to find methods and ways to make it all happen. The health services had to be brought up into health authorities, authorities that we would obey. It's difficult to obey a service when it's supposed to be voluntary, but when you make it an authority after you've accepted it for many years as a service and gradually give them authority, the public accept it. And that's what the whole idea of national health care is all about, to re-engineer the public, to weigh them, to inoculate them, to eventually sterilize those that they deem unfit because the eugenics movement goes way back in history, way back into the snobbish times of the Middle Ages when they called everything commoners and those who were noble as having good breeding. Nothing has changed. The society they hope to bring in is to be efficient. They don't need all the laboring classes in the West anymore and they're going to reduce the laboring classes in China too as they reduce the populations of the entire planet. They won't need all those factory workers because they won't have to supply a huge Western population. Again, all being discussed at very high levels, written in books put out by participants in these meetings, but sadly unread by most of the public because it's not terribly exciting or very sexy. If you look into uh, the Ottawa Citizen, this was sent to me by Linda from Ottawa. The Ottawa Citizen on Tuesday, May the 8th, 2007, published a little report on the eugenics program. It was first printed in the Daily Telegraph, and the reporter was Roland, Roland Hancock. It says, from London, embryos are to be screened for a cosmetic defect for the first time in a British clinic, leading to warnings of a slippery slope towards the creation of designer children. Doctors have been given permission to create a baby free from a genetic disorder that would have caused the child to have a severe squint. The Bridge Centre, like the term bridge, they love building bridges. The Bridge Centre Family Clinic in London has been licensed to treat a businessman and his wife to create the baby. Both the businessman and his father suffer from the condition which causes the eyes uh, to look downwards or sideways. Critics have said that permission is another step on the end to creating only perfect-looking babies in the laboratory. The license, now listen to this part. The license was granted by the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority. Did you know there was one? 
Did you know that every cunt has got one now? A human fertilization and embryology authority, hmm? an official authority, to, to Geddes Gudzinskas, who believes the landmark ruling marks has shifted away from granting licenses only for life-threatening conditioning conditions. We will increasingly see the use of embryo screening for severe cosmetic conditions, he said. He added that it would seek to screen for any genetic factor that would cause a family severe distress. Now, that's wide open for legal interpretation. When asked if he could, would screen embryos for factors such as hair color, he said, if there's a cosmetic aspect to an individual case, I would assess it on its merits. Hair color can be a cause of bullying, which can lead to suicide. Now, you see how they can reinterpret anything immediately, and that's a lawyer, obviously speaking, as a PR spokesman for the clinic. With agreement of the Fertilization Authority, I would do it. If a parent suffered from asthma and it was possible to detect a genetic factor for this, I would do it. It all depends on the family's distress, he said. So this is what we're looking at. They start off always with intention for the public to go back to sleep and, and say we're going to help the sick. Whether it's a brain chip for a quadriplegic or whatever, they give you the poor soul that you can help someone in distress, you see. But we know that the big agenda is ultimately to create a whole new species almost of humans. The great leap forward is they couch it in their own phraseology. The great leap forward is to improve the types for more efficient work in this new efficient society is to come out of this 100 years war that we've all heard about and we're actually in. One thing about psychopaths is that once you study them down through history, they're very predictable because they're creatures of instinct. They always end up doing the same things over and over. In fact, one of the traits of a psychopath is that they cannot learn by experience. They'll keep doing the same things over and over. And generally, the psychopaths build themselves up to a big club and eventually try and annihilate all the people who they become terrified of down below. If there's too many of them, and the same thing is going on today. They want their beautiful utopia where they can be free of all worry of the public rising against them because the public are always being robbed blind. Uh, what is called government today is nothing more than a huge mafiosa. That's all it is. And you have your little secret societies to join the mafia. You know, Mazzini was the man who was trained to take over the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry by Albert Pike, Giuseppe Mazzini. Mazzini just means Mason. And he was sent over to Italy to start revolutions, to unite all the little parts of Italy into a bigger, greater Italy. And uh, Mazzini was the man who authorized the creation of the Mafia. Its initials mean something much, much more. They run the legal system above and the illegal system below. You have the angels above, as they call themselves, the angles of the high masonry. And then you have your hell's angels below. What one cannot do openly, the other one can do covertly. This is how the system, in fact, runs. 
And like all big gangs, they extort money from the public. That's what keeps them going. Now the messages are coming up, and I'll be back after a few moments. money 
by force. It's much easier if you train the public that it's all for your own benefit. Even now, when you look at the salaries of politicians, especially when they can retire after five years with a full pension, which isn't bad to work if you can get it, eh? And you compare it with your own income and the taxes that you have to pay, there's a tremendous disparity between the two. But the beauty from the elite's point of view is they have trained the population that it's all quite normal. And we need all these big institutions and agencies to govern our lives because, well, you might need them one day in a crisis. That's when you find out that the social work department isn't exactly what you thought it was and that your health care isn't what you thought it was either. In fact, today, in many European countries, you might be a bit cautious about going into hospital at all because if you're classified as a C, meaning you're just a common laborer, you might not get resuscitated if you have another coronary while in the hospital. But the man with a B or an A, who's more important to society, the local councillor or the head of the Freemasonic Lodge, well, you'll be resuscitated, you see. This is the world of equality we live in today. A big, cleverly cloaked mafia system where force is used. Now, they, in law, they say that they prefer to coerce the people. That means threaten you, you see, with laws. So you always have the threat, or to couch it near terms, coercion into compliance. But you'll, you'll notice if you don't go along with the coercion, they will turn on the bully boys, and they have lots of them. Just like in the days of old, they dress them up in armor. Today they give them something called uniforms, and that means one form. That means the person is no longer a person. They're just part of a mob, a unified mob, uniform, one form, all shaped by masonry, as all uniformed agents are. You'll find in the military, with all the different procedures you'll see on the parade ground, you're watching a Masonic demonstration because even in the old hieroglyphs of Egypt, the, the, the march begins with the left foot forward. And that's why you'll always see the left foot forward of, on the gods of the, on the hieroglyphs of Egypt. It begins with the left in every country. You salute to, you actually salute the sun, you see. The sal, that's what it means. And then they, they have square bashing. They bash on the square. That's when they drill. They drill them into the uniformity they wish. You see a system all around you and you don't understand what it means because you've been born into it and it exists and no one's thought to tell you or they didn't know themselves. And that's how we all learn that uh, everything that exists must be normal simply because it does exist. I'll be back after these messages. Hi folks, 
Alan Watt back again, filling in for Charles Giuliani. Going through some of the things which are all around you and you've taken for granted, but never really seen what they mean. If you look at even the Star Wars series, you'll notice that most of the troopers were faceless, basically, because people who join armies in peacetime, when they're not called up or conscripted, are mercenaries. The god in all times of the soldier is really Mercury, as it is for merchants. So merchants and mercenaries and their god of Mercury uh, never changes, really. They're faceless people. They become one. They're cannon fodder. They don't care who they kill. If George Bush or the people behind them because they do have people behind them. So there's no point really in attacking George Bush on, over any policy. If they wanted to make the Aborigines of Australia the target tomorrow, you'd be amazed at the demonization they could cause overnight. And suddenly you'd all be shocked to find that the Aborigines had all these weapons of mass destruction hidden underground, uh, camouflaged as boomerangs, and you'd all believe it. And everybody would be chatting about it overnight and over coffee and you know, panicked about it. Then people would see flying boomerangs in the sky and think they were UFOs before you knew it. And then other authors would make books on that too and make a lot of money. That's the world we live in. It's, it's run on disinformation and the ability to know how the vast bulk of humanity move on a certain topic, how they become emotive on a certain topic, and how to demonize anyone to be an enemy and how the public react. The women always look for the strongest person to promise them safety. That's why dictators, as Goring and Goebbels both said, uh, the dictators must aim at the women and promise them security above all else, food and security. Then the men, of course, feel that their family, if they used to have one at one time, in fact, was a family unit, they would go off to protect the family unit. Now they just go off because they see it in video games men with black uniforms killing people and they want to emulate them because most people seek power. They look for the most powerful and the winners are the ones that they join. That's how simple this system is. We are perfectly well understood just as laboratory animals are. We're the most studied species on the entire planet. We have been for thousands and thousands, perhaps millions of years because all the junk we're told about Mr. Darwin was nonsense. That was a higher religion he was espousing. He didn't even write the book his grandfather did before him. We're living in a matrix, a matrix where many levels are programmed for you to pop into and get more distorted with the illusions around you. Very confusing if you're just waking up. Don't panic if you're starting to wake up and don't fall into the usual traps of trying to find a savior in the form of a two-legged man on the planet to save you. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter how whatever they promise you, they're generally frauds and put out there by the other side, be a politician or otherwise. You can't have a good world without participating in your own destiny. You can't hand it to someone else and say, please do it all for me. It doesn't work that way. It never did work that way. We must all do a little bit towards altering the course we're on 
And we mustn't go heads on with the controllers because the controllers understand our nature is to hit them head on. That's what the chessboard is all about. The black and the white squares. You have to think things through and decide what kind of world it's supposed to be or could be because, like Lenin said, there are a thousand directions humanity could take. It's just that the public mustn't be allowed to know it. They must think that the life they're born into and everything in it is natural and must have evolved that way by itself. That's as simple as that. As simple as that. The tragic thing about the world being changed now is that everyone is adopting the American culture, which isn't American either. It was created by a small dominant minority in the U.S. In the 1960s and 70s, international meetings were held by the Council on Foreign Relations in London with its parent organization, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and all the other British Commonwealth groups were, were there present too. And published in the newspapers at the time, it said, that they were all gathered to to decide which country should take the lead in culture creation for the whole planet to give a standard culture worldwide. And it was a toss-up between Britain with its little Pinewood Studios or Hollywood, and they decided to make Hollywood the guiding light for the entire planet. That's been done. One of the biggest exports out of the U.S. happens to be movies, and music, of course, because both are controlled within the U.S., big money. You can go into Africa and see people with the hats on backwards and the baggy pants. You can go anywhere in the world and see the same thing because you promote culture, culture creation. Now the CIA has admitted that all during the Cold War, all the radical movements that you thought were communist were actually run by the CIA. The idea being, supposedly, according to themselves, that those who would want to join a group would go for the most radical, so they would make them the most radical of all. And that went for the music industry, the far-left political parties, and everything else that you thought was the enemy. Run both sides of everything, and you've got it made. Very, very simple. That's the world we live in. We're treated like animals. Behavioral psychologists are paid incredible amounts of money to run huge think tanks to manipulate us with our fashions, our music, and all the other things that go into culture. We emulate what we see, or as Charles Galton Darwin said, the people mimic. They mimic like monkeys. Now, we can't refute everything they say because you can see it all around you when the fashions come out, suddenly everybody adopts it, no matter what it is. If it's hanging pins out of your cheekbone or an anchor hanging from the back of your ear or something, the people will adopt it because the stars at the top make it trendy. Plato talked about it 2,300 years ago, how it did the same back then. Nothing new under the sun, they said. We have never been given the chance certainly not in the last couple of hundred years to really develop our individuality as it came out of the middle ages, the feudal system where you had a collective type society that didn't know very much you were kept in the dark 
you would run through the forest and be terrified because you've been taught about demons and ghosts and spooks. And you'd run into that big church where the candles lit and felt all secure. And there's the man in the dress talking in a different language he couldn't understand, but it was magical. And you were now protected. That's what happened. And that was your worldview of everything. God was in control. And in those days, of course, there was no personal God. It was a just a big impersonal force that gave you rules that you had to obey. And you didn't know about countries outside of your own. All you had to know was how to plough the land and bring in the corn and give it to your master. That was how very simple. So for 200 years we had a little break, especially in the Americas, where an individual could get off and lost in the, in the, the big backwoods somewhere if they wanted to and be left alone until, unfortunately, in came the lawyers and the housing committees and the women's committees as they built towns and they wanted to standardize everything all over again and bring in taxation, rules and laws, etc. Now they've clo- closed off pretty well all of the loopholes where a person could live independently. That little couple of hundred years we had of potential freedom They want everyone in this system. They threw out the net, and they do love nets. That's why you have the internet, you see. And the web. You get stuck on the web. There's no mistake in the terminology they use. It's always the same terminology over and over again. And for America, they gave you Webster's Dictionary. That's the world we live in. Vastly controlled by people who think they're tremendously clever, dealing with a lot of people who are not so clever, certainly not educated up to the same standard but the, the reality is we're not psychopathic even the streetwise uneducated psychopath can see the cons from the top immediately he identifies with the mentality of his superior psychopath up there in the business suit so there's no problem seeing through all the little lies and games that go on or the excuses that are peddled to the public on a daily basis We are managed like any other herd. During the SARS outbreak in Toronto a couple of years ago, the the head of the Department for Disease Control was on television. And for the first time publicly, the public heard the term used for managing the public during such a crisis. And from the horse's mouth came the, the, the term herd management Uh, that's what they call us we are the herd they're taught that now in high medical circles and when there's to be an outbreak they must manage the herd oh moo 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 there you go surely ba 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 because perhaps during all this crisis management you won't see anything on television except professionals telling you what to do What to do during crisis management is quite simple. You do what you're told, because under the NATO agreement that every country signed in the West, you have to be contained in that area that's infected. No one gets out, probably permanently. If you try and escape, you have to be shot on sight. And if whole groups try to flee, you have to be bombed from the air with a special type of gas that kills you. That's our caretakers for you, you see. And when you stop worrying about who's going to do it to you, don't look to the Chinese. Don't 
look to the Aboriginals of Australia with their weapons of mass destruction disguised as boomerangs or anything else. It will be your own people who will do it to you because they have hired lots of psychopaths to fly aircraft and to work in laboratories and spray you with various kinds of things. They're so arrogant, in fact, they even declassify some of this documentation once in a while and let you know what they've done to you in the past. The people of Espanola in Ontario have been sprayed daily for months on end a few years ago by American aircraft that came across the Great Lakes. The women were having stillbirths. The natives noticed, there the Indians there too, they noticed that even the deer were having stillbirths in the forest. Everyone had illnesses of one kind or another, tremendous bronchial problems. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court where it was admitted they were being sprayed. But the substances they were being sprayed with couldn't be told to them because of reasons of national security. We are guinea pigs. In 1948, the government of Canada and the U.S. agreed to allow flying fortresses to come across into Canada and spray the entire city of Winnipeg for a couple of months at low level. Then, when the National Health Service came up into being, they traced everyone down through their lives to see what they died of and what illnesses came upon them. Why are you afraid of outsiders, the oldest trick in the book, when most of it is done by your own people? Terrifying prospect, isn't it? But that's the truth. They declassify this stuff and they tell you. Generally, after a generation has died off, because a new generation really doesn't care, it seems all unreal to them, and doesn't dawn on them that perhaps a new experiment has been perpetrated upon themselves. It doesn't dawn on them. We're always being used towards an agenda, and the guys at the top in all countries, those who have succeeded in getting to the top through murder and mayhem and climbing over everyone else, are the psychopaths, they have an elite club, a world club. How does Baal glow? What is Baal? Baal is the god, eh? Of sacrifice. The old one. Sometimes the sun, sometimes merriment, but also of sacrifice. And that's what global is all about. You're watching the real Illuminati come to the fore as they think of themselves. But in reality, they're a substitute, very poor substitute too, because these characters have certainly lost their way and are doing their best to make sure that we all go along in this false direction. We are at a critical phase, critical phase because no one within the general public has ever had a chance to vote or decide or even debate on any major topic that concerns their own lives or those around them. It's all done for us. The emergence of the non-governmental organizations were all planned long ago. The non-governmental organizations were used in the Soviet Union. That's what Soviet means, government by councils. These non-governmental organizations that you think speak for you, even though you've never voted for them, and might never even meet any of the members, pretend they're grassroots. Yet when you look into their buildings, their office buildings, 
you'll find some of them have skyscrapers in many levels and hundreds of staff who are all on full-time salaries and benefits and pension plans, and you'll find they're all funded by the big foundations. The foundations that Albert Pike talked about creating that would rule the world. The foundations that Adam Weishaupt talked about too that would be the front, the method by which they'd pay all the institutes that would guide the planet along its merry way. We are run by the new worldwide Soviet, and that is why Lenin said that the dictatorship of the proletariat, really it meant over the proletariat, would only last about 70 years, and then it would merge into a new system, not quite capitalist and not quite communist. It's a merger of the two with the fasci at the top and a massive bureaucracy running the public in a communistic style down below. I'll be back after these messages. George Bush or someone else, 
It's just anyone who's picked to do that particular job by their superiors, that's all they are. Yet we get so consumed about them thinking it's just this one person and a couple of men behind them. Nothing is further from the truth. In the system which has been, in fact, unified for quite some time, the elite within one country could never make a move without the permission of them all in this big round table of theirs. This fake round table because they can never do things very properly. These men who call themselves nobles have no nobility within them. They're born liars and they have taken over. They actually use the term the noble lie to get us to go along with their agendas. We're just too silly and ignorant you see, to understand the whole truth. We might not want to sacrifice so much to get to a predetermined goal if we, if we knew what it was all about. So they say that we're simply just too silly. We must be guided like children. And therefore they give us the noble lie. You know what I mean. You know, weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, caw, 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 that kind of stuff. Remember what Lenin said, we shall win by slogans. And this has been used for the last hundred odd years very effectively. When they meet at the higher levels in, in the political game, you'll find that Condoleezza Rice and everyone else involved will come out using the same exact little terms back after these messages. attack 
there's no doubt. It's happening every day by million lawmakers and committees all meeting together and passing laws and making stipulations, but they haven't pulled it all off just yet. What they need in law, in the legal system, and in the entire system is our cooperation for every step of the way. As I say, they like to coerce us along a given path. They will use force when the time comes, and they have foreseen this too. If you read the 90-page document in my archives on cuttingthroughthematrix.com from the Department of Defense, and read through it carefully because it's under a couple of different names, but this is the premier think tank for the military in Britain and also for NATO. They foresee nothing but 30 years at least of uprisings coming out of the public, one after another, flash mobs as they call them. So they know they're going to do various things, a series of things, which is going to get Joe Sixpack rather disturbed, maybe even turn off his television set for a night, and he's going to be left in silence. He'll really freak out then. And he's going to start rebelling because they know what they're going to do to the public, and you can too. If you go through the agenda that comes out of this wonderful agency called the United Nations, you know, the UN, French for one, where we're all one. Because under the Kyoto Accord and Agenda 21 for the whole 21st century, they're going to cut all of your, your energy consumption way, way down to even perhaps below a third world status. That means you won't have 24 hours a day electricity every day of the week. That means that you won't have your, your oil or your gas or gasoline when you want it. But initially, you're going to simply pay through the nose for it. They're going to put the prices up by the power of the purse, as I like to term it, until, you, until only a small elite can afford it. The rest are supposed to gradually move into the habitat areas, which are just the big cities for the general public, which will become overcrowded. Eventually, they want to reduce the populations. It's much easier to handle a reduction in population when you have them all together, uh, living on top of each other in a big crowded city. The United Nations is the one that authorized the creation of what they called super cities for this purpose. And over the last 10 years, You've seen the major cities amalgamate with all the lesser ones. They form one huge big city, all in preparation for Agenda 21. It goes on and on and on, but it's all out there for you to see. I'll be back after these messages.
Hi, folks. Alan Watt filling in for Charles Giuliani. Going through some of the low-level metrics for those who are just waking up and becoming terrified. It's like uh, coming out of a dream into a nightmare. That's how I refer to it. When you realize the real world that you're living in suddenly becomes very unfamiliar to you with all of its customs, its trends, and even the conversations of those around you, you realize they're, they're talking robots, just parroting what they've heard on the news. This is exactly what Zygmunt Brzezinski talked about in his book, Between Two Ages. He said shortly the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll only be able to parrot the information they've been given on the previous night's news. And that's where we are with most people. So when you wake up, you do realize that, see, the aliens are here. You're one of them. You become an alien within your own land. You become alienated to those around you who probably think you've gone sick or crazy. When you start babbling on about a new world order, when how could it possibly be something like that? The, the media would have told us all, wouldn't it? That's how they reason. They have no reason at all, in fact. Even when their own world is, is changing and they're all getting ready for ID cards and they're getting uh, stopped in their vehicles and searched and all the rest of it, they take this progression as somehow being normal simply because everyone else accepts it. So if all the normal people accept it, then that's how they judge themselves. I must be normal too. If you're complaining about it, you actually frighten them. You frighten them because deep down they suspect if you're right, they might have to make a decision as well. And that scares them because they are collective. The mass man doesn't like thinking for himself. That's why you consume so much television and watch ridiculous things like sports, which is just uh, the greatest pastime ever invented. It doesn't change anything in the planet, except you've just lost some, a few hours of what could have been conscious thinking. That's the, the function of sports. That's why you go into an arena. Aaron is the high priest. Arena comes from Aaron. You're all in the big circle there, you see, where your energy is drained from you. I prefer to stay out of the arenas myself. And I don't get into the team stuff because the team is just, as Hitler said himself, is a peaceable form of warfare. You're being steered along warfare guidelines with different colors. In old days before the uniforms, they used to give a little flower or a ribbon to put in your hat so you'd know who to kill and who not to kill. And then when taxation came along, they got standing armies and give them proper uniforms so that you'd, you'd know, obviously, who, who was your friend and who was your foe, all by what they wore. Thank goodness that doesn't happen in Civvy Street. We'd all be killing each other. But that's how simple it all is and how ridiculous it all is when you stop and think about it. When you get out of the first level of Matrix, you're looking for alternate media. And then you realize that the other side has put up a mass of flags, each one saying, come here, I've got the truth. And you rush off in all directions looking for the truth because you cannot believe that you being you, being so smart, could possibly have been fooled so easily for so long. Your ego is hurt, you see. So you look for aliens that have done it, or you run off and read Zachariah Sitchin, which is a good fiction. It's good fiction with the Nephilim and all the rest of it. 
If you want to know what the Nephilim is, it's just the land of the dead from the Nordic stories, stories you see, called Nephilim. Nephilim is just the Nordic uh, Hades, where all the shadows stand doing not very much at all. And if you understand the mysteries, you understand how the wool is pulled over your eyes, but you might have to go the hard road and go through all of that to learn it and buy all the incredible amount of stuff out there that, that tells you this is the truth. Or you run off into traditional religion. We're only too happy to bring you in and tell you, don't worry, go back to sleep. God's in control. And read Revelations. It's planned. There's nothing you can do about it. And that was the first great uh, predictive programming method was Revelations. The revealing. It's not a prophecy. It's a revealing. And it wasn't written, you see, by by the the uh, apostles, it was written by the mystery religion itself. That's why even Christians are fighting each other over it today, over the meanings. They don't really understand the esoteric at all. It's a business plan, a long-range business plan, which they knew they could pull off. They put into it all the traditional methods of plague, famine, warfare, etc., that they'd used all down through the thousands of years prior to them being alive. And the mark of the beast is nothing new, because in ancient times, they tried uh, to give everyone an ID plate at one time. Even the slaves had it. You'd have half a plate. It was broken. It was pottery with an insignia, a mark on it. And you couldn't leave the boundaries of that city without that half mark. And then when it was matched up with your master's other half, it made a perfect fit. And they knew who you were. So the mark is, is very, very old, you see. And in the Kabbalah, of course, www is one of the meanings of 666 or the mark but so is holy 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 if you want to know the name of the particular beast they're talking about so you must have understanding to interpret things and even in the Talmud is exactly the same the Talmud to the average Gentile will be shocking in what it says in such horrific simplicity it isn't until you understand the depth of it and the fact that it must be interpreted by man to make sense that you truly understand the esoteric meanings, and the same with the Kabbalah. It's interesting to note, if you go into the Kabbalistic tree, as they call it, and you go into the Nordic mythologies, they're really one and the same thing. The Yggdrasil was the world tree. as the world spun on a pivot axle, an axis. You see, you're all part of the one thing. And the big branches initially, in ancient times, meant the noble families that came off of it. A scion, which now is mean Zion, was a grafting of a plant. It isn't until the last couple of hundred years they put in the word, the letter C, to make it S-C-I-O-N. Prior to that, it was just written S-I-O-N, sometimes Z-I-O-N. You were grafted onto the tree of life for the service that you put into it for mankind, supposedly. Now it's totally corrupted out of all proportions. So, Coming out of the matrix, as I say, watch for the big minefield out there. All the flags that say, here's the truth, here's the truth, I've got it. And before you know it, you're running after reptilian people in space, or you're reading tarot cards to get the answers, or tea leaves in the, in the cups, or someone with a crystal ball, because you really want reassurance that the future for you is going to be just dandy. That's what you're after. You don't really care yet about everyone else. You won't get to a higher level of the matrix until you lose all of that and you start taking your chances and you have compassion for everyone else. That's when understanding starts to come through.
there are a thousand misleaders out there. Some of them are just willing fools. They don't know anything higher. Some of them are trying to keep the old system from getting worse. Just don't change my little life. Let me live it and die it, then change all you want. That's really what they mean. Because the system we're in now is so badly broken and corrupt, you cannot save it. The Tower of Babel is held together by superglue and lots of scotch tape and band-aids. It cannot be fixed, and the elite themselves know it because they have made it happen so. They've brought us to this stage. Therefore, they have made their plans on how to rectify it by building a brand new tower from scratch. A new tower, a new system, where the world will be one, all with the one language, as Charles, as as, uh, actually Francis Bacon talked about, and John Dee in the 1500s, when they stated that the the purpose of the British Empire, one of the purposes would be to create a common language of the future, and English is the international business language of the present. Very old plan intergenerationally worked. Not difficult to understand when you realize that the the big foundations are intergenerational. They have their agendas. They have their tenets to fulfill. So workers can come and go and die off and those agendas still are there. They keep working on them. That's how it's done. Very easy, very simple, really. When you have all the money in the world and you could buy as many people as you wish and you can buy secrecy too. We are governed by a group at the top which has no place for what we think of as democracy or republicanism. They've admitted in their own books, such as Carl Quigley's one, The Anglo-American Establishment, and Tragedy and Hope, that he said the Council of Foreign Relations will deal with anyone, dictators, communists, and so on. He says, we do, and frequently do, and have no aversion to it. So they see all the other institutions as inferior and useful tools, which they are, in fact, very useful tools for them to bring on their world agenda, the planned society where you will have no say whatsoever, whatsoever, in not only the future of the world, but your own personal future. You won't be given that choice. I'll be back in a few moments after these messages.
Hi, folks. Alan Watt back again, filling in for Charles Giuliani. Just going through some of the, the basic stuff to do with reality and this matrix rea- reality we have been given. And showing you some of the, the things which I'm sure many of you have experienced as you have woken up, as you become estranged from those around you who might even want you to take a little visit to the loony bin to see if you can, they can get you back into the mainstream dumbed-down state where you're just the same as them and then they're all very happy. You should start celebrating the fact that you're different because not too many people really can wake up and not too many people can break through the different levels into a higher understanding. They can't break past the initial panic of the sky is falling every day. You have to get through that and start to firm yourself up in order to become functional and active and able as a microcosm to change the macrocosm around you. And it can be done. Try not to get lost, as I say, in all the compartments, all the the other programs pre-made for you to fall into. Some of them are very exciting. They'll keep you running around the universe for, for years and they're pretty heavy on your wallet as well. You'll find but they won't give you any answers except going back to the old standard one of just take psychedelic drugs and get alternate realities and follow some guru. Uh, That won't get you anywhere except a bit frazzled in the old cerebrum, which is your brain box. There's lots of uh, professional authors out there put out to trap you into these side issues which become harmless and makes you harmless, in fact, to the actual system and the agenda. As I say, that the thing is you can't understand initially is how this could have happened without your knowledge. It's very simple. You see, no one told you. Your parents didn't tell you. Your teachers never told you because they didn't know either. They were just as conditioned as the ones before them. Therefore, it didn't dawn on you that everything that was happening was planned that way and debated in very high think tanks and meetings before you were even born. That's why you look for the supernatural influence in all of this. That's why you look for aliens to have caused it all. And it's so strange that either in religion, which brings you around to the fact there's nothing you can do about it because God's planned it, or the predictive programming of, well, the aliens made you as an inferior species, nothing you can do about it, It's amazing how they all end up at the same point. There's nothing you can do about it. Is that by coincidence? I wonder. The fact is you have a mind of your own. You have the ability to go beyond the normal human if you so desire. But it does take the losing of the initial fear. It does take the breaking down the barriers. And you do it by looking at yourself first of all before you start looking at other people in order to get compassion for other people. Some people have been in this battle a long time and become disgusted with the general public who simply don't want to listen. And I say it's not that they don't want to listen. The fact is most of them have been so indoctrinated and so damaged 
They're unable to understand you. They're completely unable. Therefore, you must use your time sparingly and go after those who are asking the questions. This is the meaning that's been used for thousands of years, thousands and thousands of years behind the dead and raising the dead. The dead must try to walk themselves. It's only then you can help them. The ones who remain dead have to bury the dead. That's what that meant long before Christianity picked it up. It's the same in all ages, and just as true today. The amount of energy you will expel on one person, it can be tremendous when you're trying to bring them up to speed, and you can't allow yourself to be completely drained by them. Neither can you allow yourself to be sidetracked into their particular theme or hobby of, is it the UFOs, is it the aliens, is it the walking reptiles, did the Queen Mother really eat someone at a ceremony and drink the blood, and all that kind of stuff, you see. You can't allow yourself to be drained by it because we're trying not to take on this New World Order crew head-on because you don't resist evil. You use it like judo. You use their impetus to throw them off course. They expect you to hit them head-on with equal force. That's why they're all prepared for it. That's why they've been building up armies of internal multi-jurisdictional task forces or police for years in preparation for all of this. And I'll be back after these messages.
the ancients used to say that all you had to do was train one generation into a new belief system and that will become the reality because the parents then of the next generation would teach the next generation that it all was normal no matter what or how bizarre it happened to be. Nothing has changed in that direction except that with standardization of world education has become much easier and with, of course, that one-eyed monster of the television set in your house blinking away all day it's much easier to give you propaganda directly to your home especially when it's done through fiction it's far more effective it doesn't dawn as we're being programmed but that's what it's all about predictive programming getting you used to ideas is called possibility thinking so that you will experience them come to life in reality and think it must be a natural progression never dawning that no that was the point in the first place to get you to accept it by gradual indoctrination if you had all the facts on anything you, you might freak out in fact that's why you're not really given any facts you're kept like children actually we're kept like mushrooms we're fed a lot of feces and kept in the dark that's how simple it is be careful as I say when you're waking up not to go on the wild goose chase into all the other predictive programming methods that are out there as I say God's in control and get what God's planned it and how can you fight God in fact if you fight anything you're, you're, you're fighting God there's a double think for you you're, you're neutralized before you begin in a la la land of click click mode like a robot or you're looking for some fortune teller to tell you your future as long as you're safe and going to be okay then you can breathe a sigh of relief that's what you're looking for and even if you pay a fortune to do so you'll still never really be sure so you go to the next guru to the next guru and spend your life chasing different gurus and that's how people generally react they want security because they have been brought up in a form of socialism socialism is perpetual childhood you've also been brought up in the new collective society which tried to break this embryo this, this beginning plant called individuality that we've had the chance of gaining over the last couple of hundred years in which the United Nations and all those involved with it have declared war upon they have declared that the individual is the enemy they must eradicate individuality it's much easier to have the collective controlled as one than to have to go after and convince or brainwash each individual. The individual has the ability to cause ideas to come out there. An ID, you see, can have incredible rippling effects across the planet. And they know this because Arnold Toynbee who was the master that taught the Rhodes Scholars back in the 1930s. He was also the son of the previous Arnold Toynbee, who also did the same thing. These guys have hereditary jobs and occupations. He mentioned at the big international socialist meeting held in Denmark, I think it was, in 32. he said that an idea is picked up as soon as it's thought by people across the planet. He meant almost telepathically. 
And it is, in fact, Carl Jung would, would say it was a form of synchronicity. Where did that idea come from? Where did this fire come from that's catching you? That's got you all going? That's what he meant. And they use this in their own religions, this whole idea of a form of communication by thought itself. Thought can have an impact. Thought is energy. And the ancients used to call it forms. We find the ancient Greeks talking about the creation of forms. And along with the form came the ID and the emotion attached to it. They say that energy doesn't change substance. Well, it just transforms itself into another form. And I think there's a truth there. Why is it that we all, at least the ones who are awake, can pick up on things so quickly at the same time and the rest of the public haven't a clue what you're talking about? It's a definite truth buried in there. And as I say, the elite have mentioned it themselves at their high meetings. If they can quell the individual from having such thoughts, perhaps they will have their perfect utopia, their brave new world of purpose-made, ideal-designed workers. On the other hand, if they will to live and think, and with it comes the burden of thinking, many people you'll find will love socialism because thinking is a burden to them. The thinking is something which worries them because that's all they see is worry. They want to simply be happy. Like perpetual children, many will give it up willingly and say, take this burden off me and deal with my life for me. That's the happy slave, you see. A tragic thing to think about when you're given this one life, to go as far as you can possibly go. And yet many fail at the starting line. Others fail along the way because they can't handle the burden of thinking responsibly. Because life has its pleasures and its pain. That's called being human. It's only in the last 30 years through advertising and through media that have changed that. You're supposed to be happy all the time. Like some grinning manic fool. And that's impossible if you're actually sane. To experience all emotions gives you the ability to reflect on the opposites. If you don't know what the opposites are, how can you tell what happiness is if you haven't known sadness? That's called being fully human. If you're happy all the time, you have nothing to compare what your state is to anything else. This is what we think of when we look at children with their exuberance. They are so exuberant because they haven't gone through any stages of incredible sadness yet. They've made us into a world of immature children. In days gone by, the elders and tribes passed wisdom on to the young. This was a survival mechanism. They passed everything that they'd gained from their predecessors on to the young. In the 20th century, the elite decided this was a dangerous thing to have wisdom passed on to the young, and they decided it was time to destroy or put barriers up between the generations. And before the 1950s, they didn't have the term teenager. It did not exist. 
that was through psycholinguistics they actually created a barrier to make people who were in the teens think we're different from those who are not that's how it started and then they projected a culture to those teens you see they gave them what they felt was their own culture and they adopted it quite readily the barriers were put up and then the slogans came out from what people thought was the communist side saying don't trust anyone over 30 they also started to get rid of older teachers in school and that's why most of them today are about 32 and under they prefer them to have them as young as possible because the youngsters will identify with young and then all the media you see and all the fiction you watch has very young people in it you don't see the old type Humphrey Bogarts anymore as the main characters it's all the very very young this is to make you think that the elderly are out of the picture they have nothing to give they are technically useless and that's what they've been feeding us with the idea that anyone who's older is in their second childhood so whatever they say is irresponsible and plain silly another sad truth is today because the wisdom has been eradicated and hasn't been passed on from generation to generation there are very few elderly people left with wisdom that they can pass on how sad it is to think of the countless generations who've lived worked gone through wars and everything else and died never knowing that everything they thought was real and all the news they gobbled up daily and all the reactions they had to great depressions and recessions and all the nonsense were fed constantly to keep us off guard it was all planned that way they never knew reality at all not only that <clears throat> they never suspected there could be any other way or any other reality existing we are at a stage where anyone can go out and search the old books put out by some of the planners and the workers their high employees with the agenda in it and that's all you have to really look for you don't have to look about or out there for the space aliens doing it you don't have to do deal with any of that stuff just look at the books and the biographies written by the helpers and the big boys the Brzezinski's the Rockefellers these kind of characters the Bertrand Russell's the H.G. Wells's look at their books and everything that's happened in your life and your parents' life you'll see was planned that way because these guys will tell you that in their own words it hasn't stopped everything that's happening today is planned by the next generation of their employees at the top all the famous authors out there are doing the same kind of thing and they do write the truth in their works it's not a happy truth it's not meant to be that's why the general public don't read these books because we're trained to be egocentric we seek pleasure and avoid pain when you do that you've just signed your own death warrant at least the death of your mind one good book to read is called escape from freedom 
by Eric Fromm. F-R-O-M-M. Escape from Freedom. This book was put out about this dilemma concerning the dilemma of the individual versus the collective. He goes through because he was involved in big think tanks. He talks about the sadomasochistic techniques that are used upon society where the sadists go in to the power elite at any level they can, even down to the local cop, because they love to see people squirm. They love to to intimidate the weak. That's how the sadist gets off in life, over power. That's why George Orwell had it in his book 1984 when he asked O'Brien why on earth they went to such extreme lengths to torture and control even the, the smallest individual. And he said, it's because of power itself, power's sake. These people are addicted to power, the power of P.O., the power of. They're addicted to it. They are sadists in actuality. And sadists hate the weak. The weaker they can make society, the more they hate you. I use the analogy of someone breaking uh, the legs of, of the cattle in a field and then kicking the cattle because they can't get up. That's what they've done to society. They've tried their best to cripple the minds of the public, and now they hate you. They call us useless eaters. We are the profane, those in the darkness, supposedly, while they are in the light, the understanding. And the more we go along with their agenda and play ourselves and play and play, the more they hate us for doing so because we're following the path they've laid out for us to follow. Generally, when you get to a certain stage of understanding, they'll try and recruit you into one of their many ranks and one of their many areas of control. And that's come my way too. Many opportunities have opened up and believe you me, I could be living in a potential castle as opposed to what I'm living in here right now. But I choose to do what I think and believe in is the right thing. That's the difference. It can't really be put into words. Whereas a psychopath has no problem rationalizing whatever they're doing to the people. We have to find each other, those who have woken up, and start being active within our own personal spheres and realizing that no one is powerless in this struggle. And that might mean becoming alienated from your own family and your friends or even your husband or your wife. That's the risk you take. However, if you go into seeking the truth, be prepared for profound changes within your life. Because once you open Pandora's box, you can't close it again. Once you've seen what comes out of Pandora's box, you can't forget it. It's imprinted in your mind forever. I'll be back after these messages.
Hello, I'm Alan Watt, filling in for Charles Giuliani this Friday. Just going through some of the things you'll find you'll be tested on as you go through this journey through the matrix. It's a big matrix indeed, and you have to make your own personal journey and be careful of following people. Always make sure that it's your path that you're on and not someone else's. Check into my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, for lots of free downloads on these kind of topics, giving you some of the history of the peoples involved in creating what you think is your reality. Also check into sentinel.eu for the transcripts which you can have for free download in different languages of Europe. I'm not here to paint a, a pretty picture or to tell you that you're going to save that which is familiar to you, not in the least, because that which is familiar to you, as I keep telling you, was given to you. Every generation is given their own reality according to how it serves the system. And they often fight and die for it, never realizing that it was never theirs to begin with. Whatever you fight for, you must go within yourself to decide first what's important to you and what's real to you and what would benefit others in the long run. This is a long-term battle. We want to get it over and done with. That's our nature. You realize it's been going on for thousands of years. And you've got to start slowly. However, once a snowball is gathering speed, it becomes rather gigantic as it's rolling down the hill. And that will happen eventually. We have to keep plodding on through all the plethora out there of disinformation, terror, and impending gloom and doom to reach the other side, which hopefully will be much brighter than this one. For me, on this Friday, have a good weekend. I'm Alan Watts, and I'll be back next week.